0: Belief. I think we can agree that some people are optimistic and others are pessimistic. In some cases, it may even seem genetic. Dad is negative. Mama's negative. Brother, sister, negative. Everybody around them seems to be negative. But I believe it is an acquired disposition based on the situations a person may have had to deal with over the course of their life. At any rate, to have the ability to look at a situation and see the silver lining is a gift living in a world where there's so much negativity can be overwhelming and given the current status of our world it's not just overwhelming y'all is downright suffocating i recently did a sermon on jesus being the bread of life and while preparing for that sermon a thought leaped out at me from the text and i believe god wants me to share it with you and if i'm transparent I must tell you that I am the guy in the room who in most situations sees the glass half full. I literally work on being optimistic because of all the negativity that surrounds us as a culture. See, to be optimistic allows me the opportunity to leave room for the incredible to come my way and to see the wonder of things coming alive uh, in my world. And bigger than that, Uh, I get a chance to celebrate God's activity for whatever happens. But as I was working and praying over the text, something became crystal clear. Are you ready? Here it is. Belief is its own sign. In other words, believing creates a climate for what we expect, which produces a greater capacity to continue to believe. I know that was a lot to chew on, but stay with me. We don't see and then believe. We believe and then we see, which in turn produces the capacity to continue to believe for something else. Belief is its own sign. People are always looking for a sign to determine what to do. Lord, show me a sign for this. Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign. But in truth, belief itself is its own sign. To believe is to get the sign. Sometimes what we believe comes to pass and at other times it doesn't, but that shouldn't keep us from believing. If we are alive, trust me when I tell you, we will believe for something. It may be daily essentials, a new opportunity, the need of a friend or family member, or to simply feel better in our bodies. Whatever the case, we will believe in life for something. It is human nature because God gave us the gift of belief. We had to learn how to doubt. You do understand that children don't doubt. They believe if you tell them they can do a thing, they believe it. If you tell them they can have a thing, they believe it. Whatever you say, they believe you. It's only through disappointment that we acquire the skill set to doubt. Disappointment makes us give up on what we believe. Did you hear what I said? We acquire a skill set to doubt. When I look at the story of Jesus and his disciples in Matthew chapter 14, Mark 6 and Luke 9, I see them feeding the crowd of 5,000 and then Jesus meeting his disciples in the middle of a dark night, fighting a fierce wind, trying to get to the other side of the sea. There is no mistaking that it would be more than difficult to be optimistic. To see that kind of obstacle, 5,000 people or being in the midst of the sea, y'all—that that's a tough place to believe. The situations lend themselves to doubt. Our belief, listen to me, tends to grow small under pressure, though it would stand to reason. The bigger the need, the greater the belief. But what happens to us is we look at the need and determine this is too big, this is too much, and we cower down in the face of the obstacle, which keeps us anemic and feeble in our faith. When Jesus saw the crowd, his response was, sit them down. It was not a matter of need, but of supply. Jesus knew he had the ability to supply the need, even if the resource was small. You see, there was a boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. The response of Andrew was, what is this among so many? It's 5,000 folk out here. He, like the other disciples, saw the need. Jesus saw the resource and his ability to multiply and supply. The Bible says Jesus blessed or offered thanks, broke the bread and then gave to his disciples to distribute to the crowd. Now, because of who Jesus was and his ability to multiply, he says to the disciples, sit the crowd down. Now, later on in the text, Jesus tells his disciples to go to the other side of the sea of Tiberias toward Capernaum. About the fourth watch of the night, while rowing to the other side, they run into contrary winds. Notice the scenario while en route to the other side or to another destination, they faced opposition. They could not control. They were subjected to it because, listen, they obeyed the command of Jesus to go to the other side. Now, right in the middle of this contrary situation, Jesus comes to their rescue. According to the text, they had not cried out for help. They just continued to roll to the other side in their own strength. But Jesus, reckoning them to be in distress, shows up before they ever needed him. As a matter of fact, he was so Johnny on the spot that they thought he was a ghost. In other words, he had no business standing on water in the middle of a sea. He had no business being where they saw him. It was in a place they did not expect, even though he was the one who told them to go. But Jesus being the savior that he is says, be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. Suddenly, the difficult situation has a different perspective because of the presence of Jesus. Listen to me. It matters where you point your belief. For belief to be its own sign, it must be pointed in the direction of something or someone who can meet the demands of what we face. The supply is not the problem because the Lord can take a little and make it go the distance. You remember the song? Little becomes much as we place it in the master's hands. Remember that song? Don't back down from tough situations. Don't allow what you see to determine your belief, as was the case with two fish and five loaves of bread. Don't let disappointment make you give up on God. God wants us to believe him so that he can give us a testimony which perpetuates his great name. Others will hear about your deliverance and say, how did you do it? How did you come out on the other side? And you will get the wonderful opportunity to bow your head or lift your eyes and say, I heard a voice, or I saw an act which implied, be of good cheer. It is I, Jesus, be not afraid. He's the one who did it. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus, First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshfield, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.